guys, it's Rachel from Hope Happenings. Um, today I'm hanging out with one of my favorite people who is at one of my favorite places, the Terre Haute Children's Museum. So um, we were chatting before this started and Susan was saying how um, just how she attracts friends. She collects friends and I am so happy to call her one of my personal friends, but she also wears this very big, this very wonderful hat of the executive director of the Terre Haute Children's Museum. So. Susan, we are so excited because the museum's opening. The museum is opening this week. I cannot wait. That um, is awesome. It has been a rough couple months, honestly. Um, I'm, I'm being very transparent with all of my communications these days. We've had good days. We've had bad days. We've had highs and lows. And we are so ready to welcome everybody back to the museum and get back to the fun of learning. Yeah. Well, and I know you want to talk about some different things, but um, just the logistics of reopening. Um, I know just just for peace of mind, like some of us, I'm still pretty risk adverse. We're still staying yep. home a lot. Um, yep. And then there are a lot of people who are who are out there and open. So what kind of reassurances do you have for people like me who are really risk adverse? And what kind of precautions would you like to ask of those who are already open and ready and um um, a little bit more confident about what's happening in our community with the virus. Yeah, so I think one of the best pieces of advice that I can give anyone right now is just because the state of Indiana is opening back up doesn't mean that you have to go and do all the things right now. Take your time. We're going to be here. I really want to see you, but I want you to feel comfortable coming to see us. Um, my team has done an exceptional job before COVID-19 at keeping the building clean. Um, I will say that they have really stepped up their game in the last few weeks as we've implemented new um, cleaning protocols that are right in line with what the CDC recommends. Um, we have, we actually last Friday just did a training session on, um, you know, cleaning protocols and how do we safely put on a mask, take off a mask, hand washing procedures, that type of thing. Um, you're going to see some new signage around the building asking you to social distance. Um, it's okay to play with an exhibit with the group of people that you come with. Um, but if you see that somebody else is playing with that exhibit at the time that you want to, we ask that you just give them their time to play with it. And then you come back at a different time, um, trying to keep families distant from one another. Um, my team will be wearing masks and we encourage you and your family to wear masks, but they're not required. Um, but we do believe that it, um, it's the right thing to do. So we hope that you um, participate in that. The governor says that we can operate at 50% capacity, which for us is 300 people in the building at a time. Now, if you've ever been to the Terre Haute Children's Museum, you know that's a lot of people. Um, we don't feel like we're going to have that many people to begin with. Um, 300 for us is a really good day. So we are not currently doing time tickets. So you can come whenever you want. Um, we have modified our hours though. So um, we, or I guess our days of operation. So to start out with, as we're entering into this new COVID-19 world, um, our hours will be Thursday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and then Sunday, noon to 5 p.m. Okay. As we move through the summer and into the fall and we see that there's a need to have more days, we will open up more days. That makes sense. So that kind of limits the crowd automatically with your, with your days and your adjustment and also knowing what um, 
normally is in your museum that you won't reach capacity right, yeah. right away. Yeah. That makes sense. So you um, have done, well, I was thinking you've done some awesome pivots this summer with the museum not being open. I know yeah. pivot is kind of like a buzzword, but the museum has done a great job with that with your um, science at home. And then our girls just were part of the fairy tale fair that was in collaboration with the library. So Jamie from the museum and Sarah from the library hosted this virtual event and you provided us with all the science um, tools that we needed so that we could have the experiments that we needed to do. And I thought that was super cool. So yeah. um, you're still doing something virtual. It is the Everyday Science Club correct? Like that's the new um, virtual opportunity that we have? Yeah, absolutely. So we decided as a group that summer camp would look different this year, that um, we would not actually have summer camp in the building um, due to everything that's going on. We want to make sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable to interact with the museum. So we decided to kind of stretch ourselves and do a little um, creative thinking and kind of go down two different pathways. So we have two options this summer. Um, the virtual is Everyday Science Club and all the information is on our website and on our Facebook page. You can go learn all about it. Um, but Everyday Science Club is a two-day activity. It's half an hour each day. It's really set up so parents can, um, you know, get a little bit of me time. So you can set your kid up with their tablet or their device, and they'll have 30 minutes with one of our educators learning about a topic of something that's actually in your house. So the first topic is about makeup remover. Um, seems kind of simple, but there is a chemical reaction that happens there to get off, like think about the paint that you put on your face at sure. Halloween you know, breaking that down to get it off of your skin. Um, so the first day they'll be um, talking about the science behind that and getting to know the people who are in their virtual classroom. Then um, throughout the evening, they'll do some experiments at home and then come back the next day and talk about their results. Awesome. So how many of those are there? How many different topics are you, are you doing? Um, we have, I think there are 10 posted right now, but we're gonna go up to 20. And you know, we're, we're learning along with everybody else. So we will keep adding them as we see that they're popular and people want to do this kind of activity. And what age range are you thinking that's best for? We're really targeting like the elementary school. So first through fifth grade. Okay, first through fifth grade, that's awesome. And that's kind of your target audience for most of your camps too, right? So some of the parents who might've gone to camp can hopefully do this at home. Yeah, um, absolutely. And they're both very cost effective. They're, you know, depending on if you're a member or non-member, I think they're between like 10 and $15 a session for both um, Everyday Science Club and Museum in the Park. And thanks to a generous donation from a local foundation, we have scholarships available. So please, please, please do not let cost be an issue this summer in receiving um, science education for your kids. We have scholarships to help out with that. And you mentioned um, the membership. One of the great things that the museum has done has extended the memberships, correct? Yeah. Like, so that those of us who are paying for our memberships are, aren't losing that time, even though the building was closed. So what, what are the details of that? How is that working? Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that all of our members were made whole for their memberships. We closed officially on March 13th and um, we were basically essentially closed for three months. 
So we are extending all of our memberships by three months. Um, so some of you will, that'll be a little bonus for you um, if your membership was getting ready to expire in March. Um, but it's our way of just making sure that everybody who is part of the THCM family knows that we appreciate them and want them to stick with us during this That's time. That's awesome. That is really cool. Um, so we talked about the virtual and you kind of mentioned museum in the park. That's kind of another um, unique opportunity because it's obviously um, the museum's content, the museum's leadership, but it's outside, which is a big thing right now is for us to be outside where there's, where germs don't spread quite as rapidly. You can fill yeah. in the science for me there, Susan, but yeah. um, so it's, it's in the park. So what, what is that? What's happening there? So I am super excited about Museum in the Park. When this idea was kind of floated by me, I was like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work. But after doing some research and talking to our members, um, you know, doing things outside is really um, shown to be pretty popular. And um, it seems like it seems to be a, a safer way to interact right now mm -hmm. as we're trying to acclimate to this new normal. I personally have been spending more time outside with my family yeah. um, exploring nature. So um, we're going to be at local and at local parks, so both city and county parks throughout the summer. Again, you can find all the information on our website about where we're going to be. And it's um, there's four sessions that we'll be offering. One is on bugs, the other is on motion, uh, messy science, and then building. So there are four different sessions you can take throughout the summer at different parks. Um, it's a two-hour program, so you can sign your kid up, come and drop them off at the park. We'll take care of them. Um, you can go and relax and in the park or go run some errands, or you can stay with them if you'd like and learn about some science stuff yourself. Um, again, very cost-effective. Um, and it's just a way for kids to get out and do something like they've been home. You know how hard it is to entertain them all the time. So we're really excited to um, offer this new programming opportunity. And that is for elementary age kids again. Yep. Um, and you're limiting it, right? So you're not gathering a big crowd of, of kids. It's did I see how many kids are? So each session, we're going to do a morning and an afternoon session at the park and we'll have 12 kids per session. Okay. We are asking them to wear masks okay. and we'll have all the hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff there. Um, and there will be no sharing of materials. So each kid will have their own kit of um, things to work with. That's awesome. Well, I know we're just looking forward to have a reason to get out of our pajamas. Like that's where we are in the quarantine, right? Like we have been home so much that, so thank you to the museum for offering um, the museum in the park and and opening the museum because we, we need a return to normal hopefully soon, right? Some of those things to get out of the house. Um, I was also thinking something that is exceptional for you guys, you, you kept all your staff during this, right? Like I'm so yeah. proud of you and impressed that you have been able to carry that on. That's, that's not a small matter, right? Yeah. So we have, I have 22 members on my team um, and our, uh, we were very fortunate to be able to maintain um, all of our staff during our closure, um, which I have learned as I'm talking to my colleagues across the Midwest, we're unique in that. A lot of museums, the day that they closed, they furloughed most of their staff. Um, so I'm very proud of our board of directors and um, that we were able to maintain our payroll 
during this time. And our, our team worked really hard while they were home. You know, we produced 35 science at home videos. And I like to think that those are really simple to do because I don't understand all the science and technology behind it. But um, as my good friend Jamie would tell me, it's hard. <laughs> so um, I really appreciate um, the fact that we were able to um, maintain our staff. We were, um, we did receive a paycheck protection loan from the federal government, which was really, really helpful um, to, to helping us keeping our staff employed. Well, and this kind of bridges the gap as we talk about finances. You have your big fundraiser coming up. 100 Men Who Cook is normally a huge in-person event that um, draws a huge, huge crowd, a lot of loyalty. Um, how are you shifting this year? What's, what's the change this year? Yeah, so 100 Men Who Cook was supposed to take place on April 18th, right in the middle of the shutdown for COVID-19. Um, so we postponed it for a while and the committee really was very, very thoughtful on how to proceed with that event. Um, all of our sponsors had already been committed. We were selling tables, all the chefs had signed up. You know, we were three and a half weeks away from the event when everything kind of shut down. Mm -hmm. um, so after some thought, the committee decided to um, continue with 100 Men Who Cook this year, but in a virtual format. So next Monday, June 22nd, we're kicking off 100, the virtual 100 Men Who Cook. Um, you can go on the text to bid platform and see over 114 silent auction items that you can bid on. All of the proceeds go to help the Terre Haute Children's Museum. Um, that money is used to touch literally every single corner of the museum. It helps with scholarships for camps, it helps with um, keeping museum exhibits up to date, helps with buying paint, paying payroll, paying the light bill, everything is um, affected by 100 Men Who Cook. So, so your ask for your loyal fans are to go, did you say tech bid? Is that text to bid. So you can, again, go to our website, go to our Facebook page, and you will see all of that information. You actually, you just get on your phone and you text in um, the number to, you text in THCM to the number and the, all of the information will show up on your phone. It's really cool. Awesome. And for those of us who are competitive, it will text you and tell you when you've been outbid so that <gasps> you can go place another bid. <laughs> Nice. I yeah. like it. That's very cool. Well, and that meant, that reminded me of your awesome exhibit. So your under construction exhibit is still fairly new, but now there's construction, right? Yeah. That's an exciting yeah. thing that we get to see. So I was working from home and I hadn't been in the museum for a while and I had to come here in, I don't know, maybe early, late April. And I walked into my office and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a bulldozer over there. <laughs> um, they have started relocating the utilities in the Hilton Garden Inn's parking lot. So actually, um, they've got some fencing up, they've got some earth movers over there, um, they're working away, and um, we will officially have a construction site across cool. from the under construction exhibit, which is very exciting. That is awesome. Well, the under construction exhibit is such a cool addition to the museum anyway, but to now also have this view of actual yeah. construction. I know you were really excited about that. Yes, it's so, so exciting. We're actually meeting later on with um, a local company to put a webcam uh, to get that installed so that you'll actually be able to go onto our website anytime and watch construction throughout the process. That's it's really, really exciting. Cool. That's really cool. 
Now, yeah. there was one other thing that I had thought of. I saw when um, the school corporation was passing out lunches. Was it last week? You guys were also passing out STEM packs, right? What was, yeah. how did that happen? And what, were, what was in those packs? Yeah, so we, um, we submitted a grant to the COVID-19 Emergency Relief Fund that's okay. sponsored by the United Way of the Wabash Valley and the um, Wabash Valley Community Foundation. We asked them to, to completely sponsor our 1,000 STEM play packs okay. for children in our community. And um, really, the, the way that the school year ended was just, it was weird, right? Like, they're going to school one day and then they're coming home for the rest of the year. Um, so the museum's closed, lots of summer camps are closed, lots of learning opportunities um, didn't take place. So we really felt like it was important for us to step in and do something to help bridge the gap. Hmm. So my education team did an amazing job of pulling together five different toys, um, everyday toys. So there was a set of dice, a deck of cards, a jump rope, a frisbee, and some bubbles. And then each of those toys came with a card that talks about the um, scientific method and STEM and how the, that toy relates to those things. It, you know, challenge them to do different things such as when you take the deck of cards and build a house of cards. Is it easier to build that on a flat surface, slick surface, a rough surface? Um, so it just gives the kids a little bit of um, science learning at home. That's awesome. We still have several STEM packs. So oh. people, once, we, once the museum opens later on this week, feel free to stop by and pick one up. They are completely free. Um, if you just want to run in and ask for one, somebody at the front desk could get you one. That's awesome. That is really yeah. cool. So the museum has covered all of it. Let's see. We've got museum in the park where we're outside. You're reopening with caution and intentionality. You've got STEM play packs um, for us to do at home. What, what other things have I missed? Is there anything else that you really want people to hear about for the museum in this next season? I just really want people to know that we are working diligently to make sure that we are a safe place to bring your children. Hmm. Um, I could not be more proud of my team. It makes me emotional. Whew. Um, I could not be more proud of my team for all the hard work that they've put in over the last three months and as we move towards our reopening. It has been so heartwarming to see um, all the hard work that they've put in. They love our members. They love our guests. And so we're working very, very hard to make sure that everybody stays safe um, so that we can stay open. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You guys are one of my favorite organizations, as you know, and you you execute all your great ideas and you have so many big ideas so well. And I know that's because of you and your leadership and your team, Susan. So um, before I stop, I have my kids have some questions for Susan. So I'm going to put myself on pause so I can go get my kids. Hi. <laughs> okay, Miss Susan, as Miss Susan knows, I have five kids. So I brought my three biggest to come ask to put Miss Susan in the hot seat. Where she, can she ask these questions? So he, Zella, can you, can you ask Miss Susan your question? Mm-hmm. Okay, you, can you look at her? Zella is seven, she's going into second grade. What's your question, babe? If you made a new exhibit, what would it be? If you made a new exhibit, what would it be, Miss Susan? I know you dream big. I do dream big. You're right, I do. <laughs> Gosh. 
Stella, that's such a good question. There's so many things I want to do. Um, I'll tell you what I really want to do. And that is give a facelift to our agricultural exhibits. You know, where we have the big tractor and the combine and the cow. Yeah. So that is a huge area in the museum and our kids love it, but it hasn't been changed in 10 years. That's a long time. There's a lot that's happened in 10 years in farming and there's lots of new technology. They use drones to like fly over the fields and see how things are growing. I know it's so cool, right? <laughs> I would really love it if our exhibit reflected what's really happening in farming right now. That's really cool. So if we support 100 Men Who Cook, this might be the big dreams that we're Absolutely. We're <laughs> That's right. Okay. Okay. When, Wynn's question, I think, is about museum in the park. So what were you, what was your question, baby? Um, nature and birds. Are you going to draw or paint any birds or nature? So she wants to know if at museum in the park, are, is there going to be any, like, nature drawing or painting, like, birds and bugs and Well, we're definitely going to learn about bugs. There's a whole session about bugs, Miss Wynn. Cool. cool. Um, I'm not so sure that there's going to be painting involved. I can find out and I'll let you know. Sounds good, huh? Hey, what was your other question? Do you remember? No. No, you want to ask Okay, Abilene, okay. Abilene, Abilene has another, Abilene has a question okay. for you. So Abilene is our oldest and she turns 10 um this fall so what's your question maybe no the one, the one that you were thinking of if you hired me on the spot what job would you give me oh Abilene, for sure you would be a play guide you know this <laughs> museum better than anybody i would absolutely put you on the floor and have you play with the other kids to help them learn 100 percent. as soon as you're old enough to work sister come find me how old does she have to be, Miss Susan? Um, I believe she has to be 18 to work at the 18. museum. 18. You, you got a while. Okay, what, was, your, what was our last question? Um, yeah, one's question. other question. When wanted to know if you can have Mark Rober come and visit the museum as a special guest. So I did not know who Mark Rober was until your mommy told me that you guys had been watching videos. So. Yeah. Last night, that's all I did was watch his videos. And he is so cool. He is so cool. I watched the one where he um, filled a swimming pool. Well, he built a swimming pool and then filled it with jello. Yeah. Did I see that one? Like, how cool was that? And then the, the glitter bomb because somebody was stealing things off of his front porch. That's kind of sneaky, um, but I thought it was amazing. Um, so we really want to know if Chair Hope can have this NASA scientist come visit. This is our big dream. <laughs> I I feel like um, it's definitely going to go on the vision board. We're definitely going to start thinking about how can we make that happen. He is super cool. Did, we, we really like the squirrel, the squirrel one, didn't we? Yeah. Did I didn't watch that one. I'll have to watch it tonight. You know, I have a little boy. Um, he's three. Well, he'll be three in August. And he had a lot of fun watching the videos too. So oh. thank you for introducing me to him. <laughs> we have a lot of fun with Mark Rober. So, all right. Well, I think 
that is all from our end. Do you, is, is there anything else that, that we should think about that we should talk about? Or, or... I don't think so. I just want to thank you for um, doing this with us. You know, we love Hope Happenings. We think that you um, add so much to our community. I, I fell in love with you well before I actually met you um, because I was looking for things to do just for myself and my husband before we even had Max. Um, and so I, I stumbled upon Hope Happenings and I was like, man, this woman's got it going on. She, she loves Tara Hope like I love Tara Hope. I do. We do. We love yes. Tara Hope, don't we? Even I love Tara we, Hope. We share it with our kids, our crazy yeah. kids, huh? Yeah. So, we um, are not crazy. We're not crazy, Zella. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy is not a bad thing, Miss Zella. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's a compliment. So, all right. Well, thank you for having our family and be a part of this with you. Um, you know how much we love the museum. And so it is just a natural thing for us to talk about how great you guys are because we do it all the time. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see you guys. Um, come back when you feel safe. And um, we're going to have lots of fun this summer. So come see us. That's uh, <laughs> that sounds good. All right, thank you guys. See Bye. Ya. Bye. <laughs> Bye.